quiet. Time for a start show. Trouble defeat, audience! Your move silently and hide checks are successful. Good evening, lords, ladies, non-binary, multi-form constructs, and others. You have chosen your entertainment quite wisely, for you are about to experience the most wondrous spectacle in the great, venerable, and multiplanar empire of Voladros and the Wathens. I am your host proprietor, Romande Zwarfinde, and I welcome you to the Twenty-Sided Theater. Dancing lights! still imperiled, and the Empire's capital city of Sandaskar is still under attack by the exoplanar collective known as the Hungering End. Not only has His Holiness Emperor Nashtif the 27th recalled all task forces, strike teams, and peregrine armies, but he has also sent out the call for defense to the myriad enemies the Empire has made over the past ten millennia or so. One of those Imperial Task Forces, one may even say an Imperial Pothy, has recently been traversing the underbelly of the multiverse in order to return to the Holy City for its united defense. I now give you Hera Laris and the Dipson Memorial Action Town Criers for more information. What's the news, Hera? Thank you, Romande. Tonight's top story follows Ormer Ironheel's Imperial Puffy as they tread along the Prismatic Path, a non-dimensional boulevard that runs between and beneath the more fully formed Cosme. A few individuals have ever returned from this non-space, but the Action Town Criers are fortunate insofar as one of our own reporters has done so. Let us now turn to the vengeful ghost of Adonska Rothgeld for more information on this atemporal avenue. Adonska? Thank you, Dame Laris. Although I must make a correction. The place in question is neither a boulevard nor an avenue. Oh? Then what is it? It is called a path. A prismatic path. THE prismatic path. I stand corrected. What other information do you have on this locale? Not much. It does appear to be one of the many places that a soul may end up once it is shorn from its corporeal anchor. If I'm hearing you correctly, this prismatic path is a place you go when you die. Precisely, Dame Laris. 
I first came to this location shortly after that treacherous ex betrayed and murdered me. Fortunately, I seem to have found the correct portal to return my spirit to its plane of origin. Albeit without that corporeal tether. Which reminds me. Adanska, you need to take better care of your corpse. Ever since Chip passed away, nobody has been able to recast a gentle repose as necessary. Once we wrap up this report, I want you to wash and to properly preserve your body so that it stops stinking to the high heavens. Of course, Dame Laris. I, I did not realize that the smell had gotten so bad. I understand, Adamska. You are a ghost, and as such, your sense of smell is limited to the ethereal plane. But you still could have guessed the state of olfactory affairs by the greening skin and maggoty holes that have slowly been growing over the past few months. My apologies, Dame Laris. It has been quite some time since I have worn my own body. Of late, Grand Marshal Umbar Spikeshoe has been using my psionic abilities to coordinate the city's defenses. I honestly never realized how comfortable dwarven bodies can be. Grand Marshal Spikeshoe's corpus has the perfect mix of sturdy limbs, a soft layer of body fat, and a thick, warm beard. Oh, he is just so cozy. Adanska, you are supposed to be reporting on Iron Heel's Imperial Puffy and their progress along the prismatic path. Not your own doing since arriving in Sandoscar. Much less on comparative anatomy. My apologies, Dame Laris. I simply have no new information on the whereabouts or the progress of Master Iron Heel's Puffy. I was trying to stretch the segment out until we could break for commercial. So, um... Back to you, Hera. Thank you, Adanska. Up next, halflings are calling it the Fun Plant, but the dangers of this florum are drastically understated. But first, a word from our sponsor, Frozen Summit Private Reserve Icevine. Try my new Frozen Summit Private Reserve Icevine! Only 500 barrels of this limited edition Icevine were ever produced! All of the coolest adventurers are already on their way to the Frozen Summit Crosser Plane Bar and Grill to purchase theirs. You'd better get to the Frozen Summit Crosser Plane Bar and Grill before they do. We're right through that door at the end of the alley. You know the one. It's in every city, town, and swineherd village on every plane of existence. Frozen Summit Private Reserve Icevine. For only the coolest adventurers! Oh, my beloved audience, please do recline upon your gilded seats, quaff your libations, inspire your pharmacoy, and adjust your listening devices that you may thoroughly enjoy your evening at the 20 sided theater. Well, lads and ladies and others, that was a mighty good time camping we just finished. Now all we gotta do is find the right portal so's we can return to Sandiskar and save the Emperor. Portia, how's about you pick the next portal? Right away, Armor. Let's see. Maybe it's this portal. As Portia indicates the portal in question, a figure emerges from it. A rather decent-looking fellow steps onto the prismatic path 
and brushes some unseen dust from the lapels of his sharp coat. Oh, I didn't expect to meet anybody out here. Pleasure to meet you. Tip Indecent. Owner and operator of Indecent Investigations. We can find information on anybody or anything, provided you can pay my exorbitant prices. Here's my card. So, the prismatic path, huh? Seems like quite the pickle we've gotten ourselves into now, doesn't it? Tip works the room, clasping each of the Pothy's primary appendages in a handshake and passing out his business cards to each of you. Some of you even rate so high as to warrant a friendly clap on the shoulder or a tussle of the hair. Uh, thanks for the card, Mr. Indecent. My name is Wank to Winky Wonk. Skidamarinky Dinky Dink, Skidamarinky Doo. I love you, hyphen. Maybe go play with the little girl who has all the dead orplets in her hair. Now then, how you, uh, full grown folk going about navigating this place? Actually, Mr. Indecent, we're not kids. I'm a halfling and Wank is a celestial gnome. And to answer your question, we're just kind of trying each of them until we find Sondaskar Portal Alpha 1 Mark 3. Where have I heard that name before? Calendar, do you remember an indecent investigator from any of our past travels? Not from our travels, Osric. But I believe there used to be a decent exterminator who adventured with the insufferable bastards. Oh, right. Whatever happened to that guy? The bastards just came back one day and he wasn't with them anymore. It made for an awkward gap in the parade that the Imperial Exploration Commission threw for them. Well, it seems like you're all doing pretty well so far. You know, since you're not dead or anything. This is a place where you go when you die, you know. So, does that mean that you yourself are deceased, Master Indecent? Last night... Vonoroth brought up the possibility that all of us are dead since we are traveling the prismatic path. I keep trying to tell him that the Empire would not have murdered us merely to get us home. But the ancient horses of the Star Pastures were ever known for their stubbornness and intellectual convictions. Nah, everyone here's alive. I'm pretty sure at least, I mean, I was dead for a time, but it was only for a little while. And really, doesn't everybody die for just a little while? Not to my knowledge. Perhaps you're thinking of sleep and not death. Everyone sleeps for a little while. People tend to stay dead for much, much longer. Um, that is patently untrue, Felicia. Upon their expiration, many animating spirits are returned to the loamy mulch of the Garden of Souls that they might be broken down and recombined for subsequent reincarnations. If I'm hearing that right, Owen, you're saying that you believe when you die, your very quintessence is turned into some sort of metaphysical compost. Precisely. 
Well, it's been fun meeting you folks, but I've got a list as long as your arm, and it's full of spouses that need investigating, so I'll be taking my leave now. Toodles. What a decent fellow, and so polite, too. He certainly was the fanciest investigator I've ever seen. He even... Wait, does anybody see my belt purse? I had my extra secret rainy day reserve of 100 Imperial Sovereigns in there. My favorite ring is gone. That's the one that Captain Falls Overboard let me pick as my first share of any plunder. Aw oh, man, that was my favorite, most sentimental piece of jewelry. That dastardly investigator turned out to be quite indecent. Indeed, my starchy squire. It appears that he used formality and etiquette to distract us while robbing us blind. Well, if and we ever meet that bastard again, either he owes us one free investigating, or we owe him a pair of mountaineering spurs right up his main shaft. Either way, we still gotta find that portal what takes us to the right version of the Empire for us to protect. Spread out and search, my Imperial Pothy. I believe that decency faking elf went into this portal. Go on, Lottie. Get in there and bring him back. As Lottie breaks the plane of the portal, a thunderous roar peals out. The Dromiosaur leaps back a full pace as the portal is filled by the snapping jaws of some kind of ancient thonic behemoth. I've... I've actually never seen this thing before, so I can't tell you much more about it. Um, so, that isn't just any ancient chthonic behemoth. It is the primordial ancient chthonic behemoth, of which all other such are shadows. This, my companions, is the snout of the legendary Tarasque. Note the ochre tips on these darkened ivory horns that stud its nose and upper lip. This horn is unique among the multiverse, and it is apparently in the midst of its feeding phase. I wouldn't hold out much hope for that indecent fellow. Well, at least it's too big to fit through the magical hole in reality. I say we just give its mouth a wide berth and keep searching. Good call, Wake. Now, before putting my head through this portal, first thing I'm gonna do is poke around the other side with my spear. Hmm. Huh. Uh, my spear's caught on something. Let me just wiggle it around a bit. Oh, shit! Orr pulls his spearhead from the portal and leaps backward just in time to avoid being snowed under by an avalanche of enormous cashew nuts. Dire cashews? Are they doing anything other than sliding out of the portal? They're about the size of an average fully grown human woman. The only things that they're doing at this moment are skittering down the pile, scattering across the prismatic path, very slowly decomposing, and causing Felicia's mouth to walk. Felicia? They do, Portia. But, as you'll remember, I'm not just a cat. I'm a cat person. 
And nuts are full of yummy oils and proteins. By the glass room hells, even you lot should be happy to eat this stuff. What in the name of the great tree farmer is a cashew? Is it some sort of filthy dwarven delicacy? Actually, horse cow, it's the elves what discovered the plain of cashews over a thousand years ago. We dwarves just perfected the art of roasting them and serving them up in a beer hall. Cashews is a little more expensive than peanuts, but they take up way more space, so the barkeep ends up saving money on volume. But, uh, you didn't hear none of this from me. It's a great dwarven secret about how we prepare and deploy our cashews. Well, the more you know, the less trouble you will find yourself in. Come, Voloroth. Let us explore the next portal on the left. Six well-known badasses stand in the center of a sandy arena, with thousands of ghostly spectators lining the stands above. Swarms upon swarms of skittering, insectoid creatures crash over them like waves, only to be broken and retreat like a surf. A lizard man springs forth through the air, somersaulting over one of the insectoids. He spears it in the back before his momentum carries him down to the ground and the bug up into the air. Here you go, Brana. Aliyup. The insectoid is hurled toward a dwarf woman riding atop a magic carpet. She snatches the enemy from the air and spikes it on the ground a good 20 ILDMs away. Thanks, Golrak. You're looking pretty fresh still, unlike most of us. Come on, Fina. What, are you tired? We just have another two score periods left before we can rest. <laughs> yes, Browner. But don't you suppose that it might be a better plan to take a fall so we can recuperate in our sails for a bit? The Minotaur is looking pretty exhausted. I think he took a touch of nausea a few rounds ago. I is feeling sick to me stomachs, but nobody stops Minotaur. But Maybe me cans go faster if Ravonis gives me the tummy heelsings? I'm a little busy over here, Retlaw. Maybe... Excuse me. Hey! Maybe Blondie can divert some of his attention towards your nausea. Do you notice anything, Sir Cal? Only that their mage seems to be standing in the back lines, with hair like a frozen waterfall, and a sword like a crystallized star, burning. Ooh, look. Now he is sending beams of quintessential ice to freeze and to bind his foes where they stand. Oh no. Oh yes. Those insectoids have no eyes. And not in any mundane sort of way. And what about the arena itself? Drifts away, as if its very leptons are having difficulty remembering which way to spin. So, what do all of these details mean, Sir Cal? They mean that the ancient foe of my people is now resurgent in the material planes, 
and time is running out for his holiness, Emperor Nashtith the 27th, and the citizens of Sondaskar. The hungering end is returned. Well, we ought to get moving on this portal finding. We know it's Portal Alpha 1 Mark 3 that'll take us home. I just wish these infinite-seeming gateways were labeled somehow. But, as Captain Overboard used to say, if all ships were labeled by their contents, then we Corsairs would lose out on unexpected adventures and side quests. So, let's see what's in the next portal. If it's the one we're looking for, then we can go through. And if it's not, maybe something more interesting will be there. So, what do you see through there, Portia? It looks like this portal opens way high up in the air. I'm looking down on some sort of enormous keep. Big deal. I'm already looking at the keep right here. Cease glaring at me, cow, or I shall manatap you into next month. Gads, you elves are frustrating. Not a keeb. Though I gotta remember that particular slur for later. Portia said she sees a keep. A coop? Like one would house chickens in? Ninefield. I believe Herr Ironhill said that Fräulein Freilief sees some keef. You know, the sticky powdery crystals that grow on the bear grass. No, you ninny hammers! I said keep! 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 Here you go, Ormer. Have some birdseed. I hate you elves. Anything interesting happening in that keep, Portia? Not really. Just a bunch of goblins and a wyvern scurrying around. I can't quite see why, though. Oh, wait! There's a small group of people climbing up the northern slope. That green guy looks kind of familiar. Froggle defeat all! Froggle king of keep! Ugh, that guy? Let's get out of here before he flies up through the portal and decides to become king of paths. Here, let's try another portal. Hmm, not much out there. Just a vast, unending darkness studded with tiny, weak stars. Oh, the stars are winking out one by one. Oh, I can even count the number of stars now. There are 17. No, 16. No, 9. 5. 4. 3. 2. 1. Are, are you okay, Calendar? You look even more pale than I do. Calendar has just witnessed the final heat death of a parallel universe. So, it might take them a while to fully process that experience. It... it was beautiful. And... and terrifying. And... and... How am I ever going to faithfully represent this in a song?! Alright lads and ladies and others, let's take a quick rest so as we can get everyone's sanity a time to recover. Owen, Gartoffel, you two are on talk therapy duty with Scaly Cow. Meanwhile, the rest of us will try to make sense of this place, so as we can find that Portal Alpha 1 Mark 3 what'll take us home. Tonight's episode is brought to you by an unemployed secondary maths teacher and a firefighter in training. If they had anything to sell you, this would be the place to do so. Instead, please visit 20sidedtheater.com. You can't buy anything there either, but you can see some illustrations of me, the inescapable Romande Zwarfinde. And now, back to our program. 
After a quick rest, Calendir seems to have settled down a bit, and any physical aches, pains, or wounds have been magically soothed. The Pothy fans out once again in search of the portal that will take them home. All right, lads and ladies and others, let's get on up and find Portal Alpha 1 Mark 3. Osric, Scaly Cal, Owen, and Wank, you're with me on the right. Portia, you're in command on the left. I want you to take Horse Cal, Felicia, Theo, and Cartoffel and check it out over there. All right, my Imperial Pothy, ready, break. The party fans out to check ten portals at a time. Give me some search checks. Actually, it's 11 portals, Master Voice. Mordorak is helping us search to the left. Um, so actually make that 12 portals. Lot of these widening the search on the right side of the prismatic path. Well, that can only make this process go faster, so I want all 12 of you to give me some search checks. Doesn't look like this is the right one. There's just a bunch of colorful blocks all around and some block person punching down trees. Wait, how are the branches still floating in the air if he just punched out the trunk? This place is weird. This one doesn't seem to be the right portal either. There's just some windy-faced smith working in a little shop here. Welcome to my shop, Kikishka. I am Perrin Skybar, Master Smith. You give me gold, I give you chicken knife. You kill many dragons with chicken knife, it makes sense. But don't worry. You look unconvinced, Petishka. Just look at my face. It is made of wind, you get it? It's magic chicken knife. Very good craftsmanship. Not this one either. Just a mummy on a floating disc. Attended by a cadre of skeletons with stenographers' tablets. Move along, elf. Nothing to see here. I'm just checking in on my accounting department. Hey, you mummy and all you skeletons. You're not about any sort of ill business, are you? For I am Sir Calambriel Alastarbo, techno-magically enhanced knight of the glorious empire of Voladros and the Warbands. And it is my sacred duty to spread order where'er I tread. And I am Imanand Shenouda, grand weaponer of the empire of Voladros and the Weadins. Third hand of His Holiness, Emperor Nashteeth, 27th of his name. Stop wasting my time. My, my deepest apologies, Your Eminence. Forgive my transgression, and may my third child serve you for a period of 12 years. And upon the completion of such servitude, may my shame and my sin be washed from me and from the Anastatha family name, which I have sullied. Glory to the Empire. Honor to the Weaponer. Yes, yes, we all know the ancient ritual for the shame cleanse of Wiyad. 
I accept your binding verbal contract, elf, and I shall contact you at such a time as your thirdborn will be most useful to me. This portal is not the right one either. This one just has all of us looking through the portals, except we're all wearing each other's clothes and carrying each other's items. And I don't know who that is, but they have a really nice plot. This one merely takes us to the plain of potatoes. Kartoffel and I once visited his grandparents there, so I recognized the place well. Ah, aha, I think I have found it. There is an airtime here with many people waiting in an orderly queue, as is typical of an Imperial Customs office. And the sign above the archway reads, Citizens on Imperial Business use Zone Alpha, Lanes 1 Mark 1 through 3 Mark 8. All other entrants use Zone Beta, Lanes 4 Mark 1 through 12 Mark 12. The portal deposits you all in the middle of a long line. A quick look at the signage tells you that you are standing in Zone Alpha 1, Lane 3 which seems to be reserved for imperially sanctioned adventurers and military personnel. Unfortunately, your sudden arrival seems to have angered some of the locals. Hey, you can't just cut in line like that. We've been waiting for six days to get this far. Yeah, how would you like it if maybe we was to cut you in the legs like you just cut us in the line? Ain't nobody disrespects Romor Stonefist's Imperial Strong Arms and gets away with it. Ain't that right, boys? I, the Great Alador, can use my raw elemental magics to root them where they stand. So you might teach them a lesson, Dromor. Leaving them more vulnerable to the hidden strikes of Mercedes Blackmail, Fancy Ninja. And I... The peerless Serpentras Silver Scale shall hypnotize them with my mystical bassoon of boosted bass. Well, it looks like almost all the votes are in except one. What do you think, the Mammoth King? I am the Mammoth King! That's exactly what I thought. Get him, boys! The customs line erupts into chaos as the Mammoth King puts the spurs to his faithful woolly mammoth, crashing through his own party to make a beeline straight towards Sir Cal and Thorin. The furry pachyderm sweeps most of the poffy aside with the sides of its tusks, lowering its head as it draws closer to the ancient horse of the Star Pastures. As the two beasts draw inevitably closer to each other, the Mammoth King makes another of his intercosmically famed proclamations. I am the Mammoth King! The woolly mammoth snakes its trunk and its curved tusks underneath Vorderoth's belly, raising the stellar speed nine ILBMs above the ground. Meanwhile, the Mammoth King raises his mightily oversized mallet aloft, bringing it crashing down towards Sir Cal's head. Oh no! I must quickly redeploy my Nadoptian shield so that it might save Vonoroth and myself from a swift and brain-spattering doom. 
Look, fellas, we ain't meaning no harm here. We's just trying to get back into the Holy City so's we can help save the Emperor. Um, uh, I mean, save the Emperor. Because, uh, we're kind of a big deal around these parts. Hells, the Imperial Defense Council even put us on the prismatic path so's we can take a shortcut. Now, Stonefist Defoyer Delic, why don't you have your friend and his mammoth put my friend and his star horse down? I already told you once, Oobly Doc. Ain't nobody cut Stromor Stonefist and his Imperial Strong Arms in line. And anybody what tries will be around about as long as the burning spit on your face. What are you talking a fool sense about, Devoyer Derlick? There ain't no burning spittle on my face. Ah, my face! My beautiful dwarven beard! Get it off! No. It burns! Get I'll it off! I'll help you with my inborn celestial ability to channel positive energy, Wormer. Neutralize acid! And have a quick and cure light wounds. Uh-oh. That's some strong acid. I might have to cast another cure spell to get rid of all the scar tissue. I'll help you restore the physical manifestation of your clan's pride, Ormer. Unfortunately, it will only be a temporary fix when I cast Silver Beard. Ugh. Thanks, Wank. Thanks, Owen. That's feeling a lot better now. Don't worry about healing me again yet, Wank. I want you to focus on using your celestial wings to get you to the head of the line so's we can show our passports and declare our belongings. And so we can turn our recently reclaimed treasures over to the Lost and Found desk at the Imperial Reclamation and Redistribution Department for proper cataloging. I guess you're right, Horse Cow. As my grandpappy used to say, son, you gotta follow the rules any place what's got a reputation for putting rule breakers on the rack. As for you, draw more, you son of We ain't no devoyer delay no more. From now on, the clans Iron Heel and Stone Fist are mortal enemies. Once we get through this customs line and do whatever it is needs doing to save the Emperor, we're all coming for you. And I'm gonna start this clan war with a traditional mighty dwarven leap. Holy shit, that guy can jump good. Good thing my cousin Guidoc was the foreman when this place was put up. He was able to get him to pay three times as much for ceilings what's only twice as high as the blueprints called for. Eh, looks like that iron-heeled line jump is finally coming down. How about you deal with this one, Aladar? Gladly, Master Stonefist. A thick cushion of solidified fog ought to keep that filthy dwarf up near the ceiling. What the? Why ain't I falling no more? God damn it. What have I told you about bad-mouthing dwarves, Aladar? But I wasn't bad-mouthing him, Master Stonefist. You bathed last night. This fellow smells like he's been sleeping on a boat for about 83% of the past four months, with the remaining 17 spent sleeping in the woods or in a plane full of farting dragons. Oh my, this fighting is swiftly getting out of hand, Theo. Do you think we ought to evacuate the civilians like we did in that museum? No, my stout-hearted squire, we need not worry about these citizens. For these are the finest adventurers in all the Empire, and they are quite capable of minding their own safety. Behold, that fellow over there is putting up a wind wall, so our combat does not spill over into his lane. And over there, that lady is directing her companions to erect a wall of tower shields. So as you can see, these civilians ought to be just fine. Oh, barnacles, the civilians! Uh, Sir Cow, I have a quick question. Oh. What would you like to know, Osha? Oh, sure. oh. 
Under whose authority does this custom station fall, Sir Cal? Well, all polycosmic terminals in the Empire, oh boy, fall under the purview of the Imperial Port Authority. So this place is technically a port? Correct, Portia. This place is technically a port. Former, I'll be right back. I just remembered something really important we left on the ship. Head on up, Portia. Uh, maybe you want to take a string or something so you can find your way back. Here, Fräulein Fireleaf. Take hold onto my Hudson. Well, do. I'll be back in a jiffy. Well, us. This looks like the perfect opportunity for us to strike up a classic Asimar fighting tune. Sounds like a plan, Calendar. How about we play the one about Upshanks Upstarts? Just the tune I was thinking of. I'll start with the violin, and you come in on the 19th measure with the fife. Oh no you don't, you silver-scale tree-sleeper! Not while Serpentras silver-scale and his enchanted bassoon of boosted bass can interrupt you with a counter-song! That bassoon of boosted bass thing is just horrendous. I cannot even hear myself play. Maybe it'll work out a little better for us if I countersong the Snake Man's countersong. So if he countersongs him while he's countersonging them, then only they should be playing now? But if they already got silenced or thrown off tempo or something, then... He must be the only one left. Hey, you know what? I'm actually pretty confused about how this double counter song affair is really gonna work out, so rather than consult the grand celestial tome of rules and tables, I'm just gonna wait and see what happens between the three musicians. Mercedes, you take out the little pale guy. I don't want this group of Dioskin inventions to get no music magic if we ain't getting none. Runway, drama! I'm not so fond of this tune myself. Whatever song it's supposed to be. Now, just let me go step to get into position. Crap. Hey guys, the fancy ninja lady just disappeared. So, uh, be on the lookout for your kidneys and such, I guess. As soon as Wank finishes speaking, a ghostly hand axe appears in the air above and behind Oswald. The weapon swiftly takes form solidifying from the head downward. The haft is soon followed by a hand, an arm, and the rest of Mercedes' black And her Baroque black brocaded dress! And her Baroque black brocaded dress. Baroque black dress? That sounds like something worth seeing. I'll just turn her my neck. Hey! I'm the only one who's supposed to be unexpectedly pouncing upon the smaller creatures. Alright, fancy lady. Let's see how broke your dress is after I've sharpened my claws on it for a little while. Somebody, please get her off! I'm horribly allergic to cats! Stop! Stop! The carnage and 
Customs Lane Alpha 1 Mark 3 continues for another 10 or 15 minutes, with each side's attempts at escalation cut short by their opponents. The Imperial Security Service has cordoned off the lane, preferring to let as much of the Customs Office run as regularly as possible, and to let the adventurers exhaust themselves before any attempts at arrest. Just as the Imperial Riot adventurers are readying themselves to enter combat, a low and sourceless rumble permeates the air. Give me some spot checks. No need to point, buddy. We's all able to see the giant glowing portal which just opened up in the middle of the line. Oh, whoop! About a hundred beings burst through the portal. All but one of them natives to that world which contains those young kingdoms. Riding atop the crest of bodies is your very own Portia Fire. Hey guys, we nearly forgot to free all those slaves from the galley when we got here. Only, I had a little trouble remembering which of them were slaves that we promised to free and which were the pirates we captured from Marillion's ship, so I just let them all go. Good work, Portia. I'm sure the Empire will be able to sort out which of these folk is refugees and which ought to be thrown in jail for piracy. Now, any sign of them Imperial strong arms? I am the Mammoth King! Um, so it appears that the Imperial strong arms have been lost in the press of the crowd. I recommend that we make haste to the head of the line. This will be made much easier with a mass spider climb. The party swiftly works their way over or through the crowd to the walls, where they crawl upward and across the room to the nearest Imperial Customs official. Papers, purpose of visit, and any declarations, please. Uh, we's the Imperial Mixed Species Task Force number 57822, a.k.a. Iron Heels Imperial Pothy. We, uh... We got an appointment, I guess. We're supposed to report into Grand Marshal Lumbar Spikeshoe so we can defend the holy city against the hunger and end. Oh, uh, and we got about a hundred slaves and pirates to declare, plus about two dozen of these battle 1,888 sticks of shit ton of ammo for them. All items will be inspected and returned to you within 70 hours. And with a little stamp, 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 you're clear to enter. Welcome to the holy city of Sandiscar. Visit the 20-Sided Theatre online at 20sidedtheatre.com. You can also follow us on Twitter through scryo-magical links that Imanond and Thrimlock have established. You can follow the 20-Sided Theatre at 20-Sided Theatre, spelled with an R-E. You can follow myself, the inescapable Romande Zwarvinde, at Illustrious Row. Master Imanon Shinuda at Shinuda Necroco. Thrimlock Lenanian at Thrimlock. Issa Featherfoot at Lady Featherfoot and Spirit of the Swift Wind at Spirit OTSW. The Twenty-Sided Theater is a joint production of Bear Industries and the Shenouda Necromancy Corporation. This episode stars Gabriel Abenante, Natalie Abenante, Blake Parker, 
Caridwin Quatrin, Kean Quatrin, Rory Quatrin, and Tony Scarufi. With special thanks to John Abenante for the use of Owen Dromeos and Lockie. Original adventure by Kean Quatrin. Script adaptation by Rory Quatrin. Engineered by Blake Parker. Music by Ben Briggs. Blackula Hunter. Digitex. Dittinado. Grinch. Cubby and Jonas Dam. Layla Hepburn. Naoya Sakamata. Stephen O'Brien. Tristan Lowengrin. And VCMG. For a complete list of and links to all the music and sound effects you heard on tonight's episode, visit the show notes at 20sidedtheater.com. While you're there, consider donating to the upkeep and production of the 20 Sided Theater. If you don't, I will attune my advertising frequencies directly to your brainwaves that you, and you alone, may suffer the constant schizophrenia-inducing interruptions and machinations of Professor E. Slide. Join us next time at the 20 Sided Theater. skeletons from accounting has concluded, I can turn my attention towards surveilling that mountebank and so-called scientist, Professor E. Sly. The head stage wizards of Romande's 20-sided theater are calling. Yes, what is it? Why have you interrupted my most vital works? Greetings, Master Shenouda. Many apologies for disturbing your work. Uh, Stage wizards Blake and Rory here, sir. We have a quick message for all the listeners of the 20-Sided Theater podcast. I mean, Scrycast. Very well. As my head stage wizards, I grant you leave to transmit your message. Hello to all the listeners of the 20-Sided Theater. I don't think we've ever been formally introduced. I'm Blake Parker, co-producer, voice actor, and engineer of the 20-Sided Theater. And I'm Rory Quatran, co-producer, voice actor, and writer. Episode 24 marks the end of the second year of the 20-Sided Theater podcast, and we just wanted to say thank you to all of you who have listened, subscribed, and recommended the show to your friends. Thank you for joining our various adventuring parties on their excursions through the lands of the multiplanar empire of Veladros and the Wavens. It has been our great pleasure to bring you their stories. As we begin our third year with September's episode 25, we look forward to continuing their stories. So please keep coming back to the 20-Sided Theater every month. Recline upon your gilded seats. Quaff your libations and... Wait, halt, cease, and desist. Imminent. 
Why are your stage wizards stealing my lines? Oh, Romande's on to us. Quick, quick, hang up. Ha hang up, Blake, hang up, hang up. Where did you come from, Bard? As this is my theater, I am allowed to appear whensoever and wheresoever I please, Master Shinuda. Uh, leave me to my work, Bard. I must find out what the despicable Professor Slide is up to. not have seen you while I was dusting off my Stetson and inhaling from this Shenouda Necromancy Corporation wand of vaporized chemicals. You know, they say they're bad for you, but I don't believe in magic. Well, since you're here, it must be uh, time for another exhilarating episode of Common Decency with Tip Indecent, where we learn all about the various courtesies that you, the citizen who has reached a legal age of reason, can work into your everyday lives to promote peace of mind for everybody else. Today, we'll be talking about fitting in with your expected roles and lifestyles. If your parents are commoners, warriors, experts, or adepts, then you fall into a social caste known as nominally protected citizens, or NPCs for short. So step one of fitting in as an NPC is to dress exactly like your parents. Well, maybe not exactly. You can change a few details here or there, but the decent citizen will expect some form of continuity when your parents inevitably age out of usefulness and you take their place running the family business. One or two pieces of identifying flair could be acceptable, but don't go overboard with it. Remember, the tallest poppy always gets his head lopped off first. Similarly, it's the memorable NPC who first gets murdered by the group of local adventurers. So, to avoid getting murdered, don't dress too fancy. Secondly, nobody likes you making them feel stupid. Furthermore, chances are that 
You ain't the smartest person in your village, hamlet, or town anyway. So if you see a group of people who express a strong opinion, especially if that expression comes in the form of uh, pitchforks or firebrands, it's best for you to join them, even if you think you disagree. Just remember what happened to that kid who thought the Emperor Holbeck the 49th was holding a naked parade. So, if your friends and neighbors think that someone's calling down a hex on your place of residence, they're probably right, and you should join that mob that's heading down to drive them out of town, at least so they don't think that you're in cahoots. And finally, nobody likes a windbag. Just ask anybody who spent more than 20 seconds in the same room as Roman Day. In order to fit in and to promote other people's peace of mind, you should never speak unless spoken to. In the rare occasion when it is appropriate for you to speak, you should limit yourself to a three-sentence maximum. If your interrogator persists and asks you further questions, just repeat your original statement till they go away. Well, that's all the time we have for today, but I'll give you a fourth piece of advice for free. Nobody likes a stale house guest. So you should always know when to take your cue and leave. Remember, nominally protected citizens of the Empire, everybody likes and respects an indecent fellow. I'm Tip Indecent, reminding you to do your best to fit in. Because not doing so makes other people uncomfortable. Ta-ta.